Retirement sticker shock. Why retirement could be even more expensive than you might expect. We'll have details and some solutions on how to make it work with special guest co-host Chad Parks of Ubiquity Retirement and Savings. That and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown Up podcast, coming to you from Lake Mayapak, New York. And I'm Chad Parks, coming to you from my casita in Puerto Rico. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape like Chad Parks. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. And we do that six days a week. Mm. This episode of Money with Friends is sponsored by Tiller, your financial life in a spreadsheet automatically updated each day. Go to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF for a free trial and 20% off your first year and to support the show. Chad, welcome back. This is your second to last show with us as a season regular. Well, thank you, Bobby. I know all good things must come to an end, I suppose. <laughs> well, it, no, it's, it's really been wonderful. And now you're part of the Money with Friends community. So you will be back with us for things like Alumni Week and other special events that we have. But we've loved having you. Thank you. No, it's been really great. Really good to share my experiences. And hopefully, as I said, some people can take away some nuggets that are helpful to them. So I appreciate the opportunity. Well, this hits home um, right, you know, right to what Ubiquity specializes in. So let's see which one of our friends is going to lead us into the headline. This is Tim from the Faith and Finances podcast. Friends, check. Money, check. Friends with money? Let's do this. Retirement sticker shock. 34% of seniors spending more than expected survey notes. A third of retirees underestimate their expenses, and these are some of the reasons why. By Maury Backman from The Motley Fool today. A big part of planning for retirement involves setting up a budget ahead of time and to get a sense of what your spending will look like once your time in the workforce comes to an end. That way you can properly assess your savings and make sure you'll have enough income available to cover your expenses. But sometimes it's hard to anticipate what your expenses will look like in retirement until you actually get there. Such has been the case for 34% of retirees who say they're spending more than they thought they would, according to a recent survey from the Employee Benefit Research Institute. Of course, the danger of landing in that scenario is not having enough money to cover the bills. Here are some of the categories retirees are spending more on than they anticipated. Shall we go into them? Let's go for it. Number one, and I think this is always the biggest fear, healthcare. Mm -hmm. uh, not shockingly, 38% of today's retirees are spending more on healthcare and dental expenses than they figured they need to. Part of that could boil down to the fact that Medicare comes with so many out-of-pocket costs. It's often hard to keep track of them in advance. Plus, Medicare doesn't cover dental services, so routine oral health visits for cleanings are on seniors to pay for without help. Setting money aside in a health savings account, HSA, during your working years can help ensure that you don't wind up busting your retirement budget once your career ends. The great thing about HSAs is that the funds you accrue don't expire. You can carry them all the way into retirement and use them to pay for everything from Medicare premiums to prescription drug co-pays. 
So let's. And I know, Bobby, this is an area. Yeah, this is an area of your expertise. Well, and yes, well, not necessarily. Really, this has to do with the way that the laws are changing, and people don't always know the resources that may be available to them. Especially, I think a lot of super young people know a lot about HSAs, but maybe older people don't necessarily Mm. think about it because they're sort of used to what they have, and they may not understand that it's different. Yeah, an HSA. Um, you know, an HSA is, is think of it as like a, an additional retirement account if you haven't used the funds in your accumulation years. So it's, you know, it's it tracks and walks just like a 401k. It's usually pre-tax money. There are certain dollar limits that are allowed to be put into it. And if you don't use those funds on copays and other medical expenses throughout the accumulation phase, that money is there for your future, as the article says. So very wise strategy. Uh, you know, if you have more uh, income that you are looking for places to put in a tax preferred uh, status, I think an HSA is a fantastic way to do so. And you also, though, do have to qualify that you have to have the high deductible plan. It also, in many cases, you can't always also have the flexible spending account, which is a use it or lose it account that has a limit mm-hmm. of about twenty seven fifty, I believe, per year that you can put in there. There are some exceptions. You can sometimes have an HSA and an FSA if the FSA is limited. In some cases, it would be something like only for vision and dental, things like that. So Correct. it's really important to kind of know what you have available to you. As boring yeah, and that's a good point. That stuff. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. It's a good point. The uh, I think a lot of people confuse an HSA with an FSA, the old fashion plan of use it or lose it, right? And you see all these ads from uh, eyeglass stores and everything at the end of the year. It's like, don't lose your money, you know, come spend it with us. So yeah, Medicare, uh, healthcare expenses, always a big concern for people. We talked, I think, in one of the previous episodes about the fact that uh, Medicare doesn't cover it all. And it is a lot more expensive than people think. And as you pointed out, it's very complicated. So you better get in front of that before you need it, which is age 65 and beyond. So start doing your research now if you're in your 60s, by all means. Yes, you are referencing the fact that for my CFP continuing education, I took a bunch of Medicare classes and it was fascinating, but really a lot for me to absorb. And I think that it puts a lot of responsibility on people in that age group to really make sure that they understand the nuances of how to sign up, especially if they're still working, because it's complicated if you, if, how you elected and the timing of it and what else is going on in terms of other healthcare resources. So just be careful. All right. You want to grab the next one? Yeah. Housing. Yeah. Number two uh, place where people are spending more money is housing. The article continues. Many seniors manage to enter retirement mortgage-free and as such, assume their housing costs will be minimal. But of retirees say they spend more on housing than anticipated, and that uptick could boil down to property taxes and maintenance. Property taxes have a tendency to climb over time, even during periods when home values decline. And as homes age, they do tend to require additional upkeep. To avoid a scenario where housing expenses wreck your retirement budget, assume that you'll spend about 3 to 4% of your home's value on its annual maintenance. This means that if your home is worth $400,000, you're looking at, and I'll, I'll add whopping, $12,000 to $16,000 a year. And also assume your property taxes will rise each year, especially if your town does frequent property assessments. I mean, that $1,000 to $1,250, that's a lot of money just for 
a no mortgage home, don't you think? Exactly. And that's not even factoring in insurance. And that's and let's not not everybody has a no mortgage home by far. I do not expect to have if we are in our current home. I do not expect to have a no mortgage home. I know a lot of people don't. There's a lot of mm-hmm. different financing options available. People refinance and so on. Also of note. Property taxes often do go up because sometimes a town may have more expenses than they had expected. And mm-hmm. we'll have to be watching this uh, three potentially $3 trillion next bailout plan because they're oh, talking yes. about yeah. assault, uh, the state and local taxes, which also includes the retail, re, excuse me, real estate taxes, that we right. lost a lot of that deduction in the states where, like where I am. Well, mm-hmm. we lost it in the whole country, but states where I am in New York and, and other states with high property taxes, we lost a big deduction because it's now limited to 10000 So that's a big thing that has been changing and could change back and forth that you need to watch. Right now, it's not good for taxpayers, maybe it'll get better. But if it stays this way, remember, Mm. you may want to think about if you want to stay in the home that you raise your children in that may have higher taxes because maybe you were in a school district that it was supporting. And that's why a lot of people move. Absolutely. And in some districts, there are no restrictions on how often they can reassess and increase those taxes. I know in California, though, for example, San Francisco, there is a uh, a limit on how much the property taxes can go up. So you have to pay attention to your local municipality and also take that into consideration. As you said, if you're going to be downsizing your home and potentially relocating, uh, I know you've got your eye on Florida. So <laughs> I do like Florida. We love Florida. And Florida, I think, does not have I would, uh, income tax. I would encourage you to look a little further south. Come come look at Puerto Rico. Know, it's actually not that bad. You're always, you're always dangling that. I know. It's beautiful down yeah. there. I, I love to vacation in Puerto Rico. It's a beautiful island. We wish everyone there well. Um, let's just pause quickly. Um, we do have a question mm-hmm. from a member of our Facebook Live oh, yeah. audience. So let's just take this. You want to grab that? Yeah. So the question is from Adrian Little, are HSA withdrawals taxed? And... Um, you know that I don't think so. What are they? Are they? Well, it is. Uh, they are. If not, they're used for qualified used, expenses, yes. If you, you want to, yeah. If you use them for the appropriate expenses, and always check because those things also can change over time. Mm-hmm. If you use them for medical approved, you know, appropriate um, expenses yeah. um, in your retirement, then they should not be taxed. And. The great thing about them is these are, you know, the one kind of retirement fund where you're not really taxed on either end because Roths you pay on the way in, traditional IRAs and 401ks you're paying on the way out. With an HSA, you can avoid taxes completely and penalties if you follow the rules to If you use it for its purpose. That's right. That's a really great point. And, you know, I think in today's world where we have um, a lot of very advanced HSA providers who provide you with a MasterCard or Visa debit card, those cards are flagged to not let you use it for things that you're not supposed to. (laughs) It's trying to help you not go fill up your gas tank with your HSA account. So there's a lot of uh, buffers put around that. And it's it's a great question. So it is a great point, Bobby, that you made, which is that you get kind of a double tax benefit there because it really truly isn't taxed when you use it for the right purpose. All right. So you want to go on number three? Yep. What's the number three increased expense in retirement, according to the article, is entertainment and leisure. And there's a very interesting point here, which I hadn't thought about. So it continues. The beauty of having a job is that it allows you to occupy your time without spending money, except for commuting costs and other incidentals. When you're retired, you need to find ways to fill your days to avoid excessive boredom. And boredom is underlined. I think that's funny. And often that means spending money. So a good 21% of retirees spend more on leisure than they thought they would. 
If you're the type who needs constant entertainment, factor that into your retirement budget. You may have to cut back on other expenses to give yourself more wiggle room, but you're better off being realistic about your needs. Many people assume their spending will decline in retirement, but clearly that doesn't always happen. If you're not yet retired, learn from the 34% of seniors who say their expenses are higher than expected. That way you can avoid a financial shock later in life. So there we go. All that time we spent at work, we couldn't spend money. And then we're retired and now we want to go spend money. Yeah. It's kind of like being in lockdown, isn't it? Like if we yep. could go spend money. <laughs> I oh, don't know. You can do it. First of all, Chad, you could do a lot of damage on your computer in lockdown. Oh my gosh. Definitely. I think Amazon's now telling me July 15th. It won't send me anything else. It's like oh, you've no. had enough. <laughs> No, we get packages here every day for my family of five. Well, six, because we've got our dog and she gets get dog food delivered. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, yes, you can spend a lot in lockdown. So let's not go there. That's a whole different <laughs> show. But the truth is that you're, you, look, retail sales. I mean, clothing sales were down something like 78%. So you do spend a lot less. And we are, we are spending less in our current lockdown situation. I agree with this, but I also know a little bit about the way that the there's a there's a gradual adjustment that happens so the early years of retirement you most people spend more than they expect because they're Mm -hmm. doing things that they want to do and they're young and healthy and they can go on quarantine times aside they can go on that dream trip they can you know get that fancy car oh god well i don't no judgment you know i don't know i think that (laughs) no i mean we we just don't know i mean there's all kinds of cleaning protocols and and that could be a very safe place in the future we just we don't know we don't know so i don't want to judge the point being that you have all these things you want to do right when you retire that you've been pent pent up energy to do you've always wanted to start this side business you've always wanted to uh, explore this hobby i think my dad took piano lessons suddenly Hmm. i don't know that ended but you know people have these things that they've really wanted to do and that can cost money but then things calm down. Maybe they have grandchildren, they stay closer to home. And then unfortunately, as people get through the final phases of retirement, the money spending tends to shift towards medical expenses less than other things. The other thing is that people do have the ability to course correct if they don't have resources. And maybe you go on the cruise, but you're not in the fabulous presidential suite. You're just in a wonderful window cabin. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you think? So, uh, well, you probably are going to spend more than you expected in retirement. <laughs> so try to try to put that into your plan. Be realistic. You know, have too much and not too little. That's a good objective. So what's your so what's your observation though? You know, you run a business that manages that sets up retirement and savings accounts for small businesses. What mm-hmm. what do you observe in the market? What do you hear from your clients about their employees and and how they how well prepared they feel for their retirement? So you know, I think I'll try to answer this succinctly. Um, first, the clients who I am lucky enough to work with are one step ahead of the masses because at least they're offering a workplace retirement savings plan to their employees, right? The ability to defer some of your own income into a tax deferred or tax preferred plan to save for your retirement is unfortunately a rarity. So in other words, uh, more than 
72% of businesses with under 100 employees in our country don't offer workplace savings. And that when you get down to that two to 20 market, meaning two to 20 employees, 92% don't offer workplace savings. And yet there's millions of businesses in that category. So if you're lucky enough to have a plan and you are saving, I think that the sentiment in general is that no, people are not saving enough. I mean, that we don't have all the time to go into this, but it is clearly... Uh, a huge problem in our country, the lack of preparedness, the lack of savings. And, you know, real quick here, this, this first real wave of modern retirement is happening now. And that's the baby boomers. You know, their parents, the greatest generation had a different experience because they had the pensions from the corporation and they had social security. And that was more than enough for most. The boomers are the first generation, which are relying on personal savings, pensions, and social securities. Our generation, Gen X, we're probably not going to count much on Social Security. Nobody even knows what a pension is anymore unless you work for a government entity uh, or a company who offers it still. Uh, and then, you know, the millennials, you know, they're going to forget about pension, forget about Social Security. It's all completely up to them. And now we I just did another interview with media the other day. Gen Z is coming into the workplace now. Right. <laughs> and they're asking, what's their reality? I said, oh, good Lord. Uh, have you really thought of it yet? But basically, it's all up to you. Save now. <laughs> so I think the sentiment is um, it goes back to finance 101, which is not taught in schools, which is just really a shame uh, in our country that we are doing this giant uh, retirement experiment and each generation is going to have to course correct and figure it out for themselves. So, you know, that's one of the reasons I chose to be in this business. One of the reasons I chose to be a financial planner back when I did so that we could really try to help as many people as possible, because as I like to say many times, you know, it is not up to the government, nor is it up to your employer to take care of your personal financial future. It is up to you and, you know, use all the tools and resources available to you to, to design a better outcome for yourself. I mean, that's really what we're trying to help people do. Yeah. And communication is so important. Helping employees know what to expect and so that they're motivated to plan more. We have Adrian here saying that when she was working, she had a financial planner come in two times a year when she asked how much um, I want to retire. Mm -hmm. and he said to, he made it four times, um, which shocked me. So it's, you know, it's, it's always a bigger number. So something mm -hmm. for everyone to be thinking about. Well, yeah. And that, that whole running out of money um, fear. And as we mentioned offline here, that that actually literally just happened to my mother uh, in April. That was the first month that she ended up with no more money in her IRA slash 401k. She was now solely is now solely dependent upon the pension that she gets and Social Security. And she has a shortfall every month. So I am being the good son. I'm fortunate enough to be able to fill that gap for her. But she's 78 years old. And, um, you know, and my grandmother lived in 98. So you do the math on that one. Yeah. Seven, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's an unfortunate reality. And was anyone coaching her? Had she gotten advice from her former employer about maybe taking out 4% a year? <sighs> she said when she, comfortable sharing. yeah, when she was employed, she did save regularly. Um, I'll, I'll say that, um, you know, obviously not enough. Right. And, um, and, you know, different life decisions throughout and different marriages and divorces and, you know, people end up where they end up. And, uh, I, I suppose now I'm like taking some responsibility for that. I'm reflecting, let's say I've been in this business 20 years. So 58, I think I was too late to the party <laughs> to really influence her when she was maybe in her thirties and forties. Um, but that's when she should have been doing more of her savings. I think that's a good lesson for everybody. It's like, don't wait until your 40s, 50s, 60s, as soon as possible. So all those folks out there in their 20s and 30s listening to us, you know, 
figure out a way to sock it away. That's the best thing I can tell you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hold that thought. I was going to say something else, but I'm going to save it for my takeaway because we want to just take a moment okay. and thank Tiller for sponsoring this episode of, of uh, Money with Friends. Tiller helps you manage your money 10 times faster, which is just what we're talking about. Know what your numbers are as you go through life and you're going to mm -hmm. be so much better off. And the best thing you can do is to automate it. And that's something that Tiller does. They do it in spreadsheets that are fully customizable for your needs. And they feed the information into that system daily. So you can see your spending, your balances, your transactions. So it's all there for you to understand what's going on. You don't have to worry about doing all the legwork constantly. You just connect your banks once. You can see your transactions automatically updated each day. So you set it. I'm not going to say forget it. You said it and you keep looking at it. Go to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF for more info, a free trial and 20% off your first year. And also you help to support our show. All right. For our takeaways, would you like to go first or would you like to have the final word, my friend? Um, I'll go first and then I'll, on our next episode, I'll do the final word because then I'll just be, we'll let the door hit me on the oh. way out. <laughs> um, so my takeaways uh, somewhat similar to what I've said, you know, the ability to get people to look out into the future and to predict what their future income and expenses are going to be is very difficult. I mean, it's very difficult to even get a handle on your most immediate income and expenses uh, day by day, week by week, month by month. And, you know, things like a pandemic come and throw everything out of whack. Right. So, but the point being that you really have to have a plan that you're working. I think that's why Tiller is a fantastic app, you know, have the, like you said, don't forget it. Look at those numbers every day. But, you know, one thing that I would like to encourage people to think about is bring it down to an easy to implement program or system, which is first and foremost, design a budget for yourself, right? Know what your income is, know where your taxes are, know where your expenses are going, and hopefully there's money left over. Move to the top of your budget, retirement savings and short-term savings. Then let everything else flow through. And then anything at the bottom is go have fun money. And you can do so guilt-free. I think people get it backwards where they are having all the other expenses and then come down to the bottom and say, I don't have anything left to save for retirement. So I, you know, I that's my big soapbox I'm standing on this year. So the takeaway is get it together, use tools that are available to you, keep an eye on that and have a plan and work it, work it every month, work it every year. It may not feel like you're making a lot of progress at first, but trust me, it will start to change and it will start to add up and you'll be very glad you did. Yeah, it is really exciting. I love what you're saying about people it adding up because when if you're young and you start to see the numbers add up after you look at it maybe a year or two and suddenly you've got real money there. And then mm -hmm. if the market goes up, and we're going to be talking actually tomorrow's show about why the market's going up so much now, um, it gets really cool. It's really exciting. And that just will motivate you more. I also love what you had to say about having a little bit left over because hopefully you will and you'll enjoy life along the way. I think that's also important. Yeah. It's the order of where things are going and your priorities because you have to take care of your future self first, even though that really kind of sinks sometimes. Mm -hmm. Course correct is really important. We're learning so much in this lockdown that you don't need to have maybe, I'm sad, sorry for the retailers, but you don't need to have as much clothing maybe, or maybe <laughs> you buy different clothing or whatever it may be. But we spend money on a lot of things and we are now learning what we're missing most is not the new outfit. We're missing connecting with each other, in my case at least, most people. Um, so think about that. But again, we're preaching to the choir. So our audience is already sure. interested in getting themselves in the best financial position possible. What I would say learning from you, Chad, is once you've got your own house in order, speak to the people that you are financially connected to. Right. Speak to the financial stakeholders in your life, whether that be your mother, your children, your 
close friends, mm-hmm. your siblings, and know what's just check in with them. Make sure because not everybody knows what they don't know. And don't assume that yeah. they know what they should be doing. I think all of us want to do what's best for ourselves, of course, but we may not have the information for that. On that totally. note, Chad. Um, tell us what's going on with you. We're going to see you tomorrow for, for our stocks episode, your final taping here. Um, what else is going on down there in Puerto Rico? You're still on lockdown there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much like a lot of the other parts of the country. Um, professional services are starting to open. People are getting a little antsy. The roads are getting more crowded. Uh, Costco is easier to get into. <laughs> so it's uh, the beaches are still closed, though. That's the I think that's the big part that's frustrating everybody. Like, we just want to go walk on the beach, but it's not allowed. But, but, but we've but gotten through there, it, too. Can't complain. Oh, but is there is there TP available, toilet paper available? That was the big rush. Yeah. Ironically, <laughs> we never had that problem. And we were taking pictures of them at the supermarket and sending it to all of our friends. And they're like, send me some. I'm like, no, we're not going to do that. We, we used to have envy over like fancy cars. Now it's all about the TP. All right. Where can, right. People, where can people get in touch with you and Ubiquity, Chad? So uh, Ubiquity Retirement and Savings, our website is myubiquity, M-Y-U-B-I-Q-U-I-T-Y.com. All of our social handles are there. We're very active on social media. We're very friendly. And as we've mentioned, we are just trying to make a positive difference when most are ignored in this space. And um, as we've said before, we take what we do very seriously, but we don't take ourselves seriously. So I think you might enjoy some of our posts and commentary. And you're supporting small businesses, which is so important these days. Everyone, you can learn more about Chad Parks and the rest of our cast on our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. And please do follow us uh, to hear about upcoming tapings and the topics we're going to be covering on our social handles on Instagram at moneyfriendspod. And that is also our handle on Twitter at moneyfriendspod. On behalf of Chad Parks of Ubiquity, I'm Bobby Rebel. Thanks for joining us. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2020. Ryan Cini and Nicole Thornhill from Pro Podcast Solutions engineered this show, and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be a part of the show. As with anything, remember, you shouldn't take advice from any of us or other video or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.